Today's entrepreneurial community is bigger than it's ever been. From seasoned entrepreneurs to newcomers entering each day, they're all looking for a mentor, someone to guide them, someone who's grown and scaled the business to answer the questions that plague us in an ever-changing market each day. Welcome to the Connected CEO Podcast with Tom Cardella, where we'll attempt to answer some of these questions. Tom's going to share his vast experience from growing several companies, how you can be a connected CEO with your employees, customers, and the surrounding entrepreneurial community at large. Without further ado, here's your host, Tom Cardella. So real quick, Tom, just uh, why don't you give us a quick introduction of, of who you are and, and what you do and a little bit of your background. Yeah, so my name is Tom Cardella, and I've been in the call center slash BPO industry for over 30 years now. Um, had a couple of different call center companies. This is the second Uh, TLC is the second call center company that I founded. We're a closely held company. Uh, The management team owns the stock in the company. We have no outside influence whatsoever by stockholders or investors. We are beholden only to our frontline associates, uh, meaning our people on the phone and our clients. And it's basically in that order. As a BPO company, we provide voice, chat, email functions, and pick-and-pack services for well-known Fortune 500 and Fortune 1000 clients. Okay, great. So, you know, having a podcast obviously lets you, you know, share a voice and give advice. Why do you feel it's important as an entrepreneur to share your experiences with other entrepreneurs and business owners out there? That's a really good question. I think one of the, the main reasons is, is that as a seasoned entrepreneur, if you will, uh, having done this for you know, decades now, on a pretty regular basis, I will receive requests or emails or phone calls for individuals that are initially just trying to begin their own business. And um, it can be an overwhelming feeling. You know, I, I sought, other, sought out other people's uh, advice, and that was, you know, well before the age of the internet. And, you know, I received a lot of good advice along the way. You know, one thing that stands out, one of the very original pieces of advice that I originally uh, received from somebody when I was very young and and starting my first business was anybody that runs a business can view their business at times as a house of cards because they know exactly which card to push and the entire organization would would fall down. And I, I remember that because it was a time where one of our large clients had changed their marketing direction and um, we were still young uh, as, a, as a company. And that, that kind of sticks out in my mind. One of the things, one of the pieces of advice I gave a year or two ago in a setting with a bunch of other uh, younger entrepreneurs was the fact that we ended up firing one of our larger clients that literally uh, took 90% of our time, but provided very little in the way of bottom line profitability. And I received a call the next day from an individual that was in in that meeting. And they said, we really appreciated that statement. And they said, we just picked the phone up. And this is a much smaller firm, but we just picked the phone up and we fired one of our larger clients because they bullied us and they nickel and dimed us. And it, it, it took all of our mental energy. And so, you know, sometimes um, entrepreneurs view the world view business, um, and not sometimes, a lot of times, uh, much differently than uh, an executive or senior executive in a large organization, because we have to, right? That's that's the nature of being an entrepreneur. 
So with, with that being said, then Tom, and I, I think that's a great answer. Tell me a little bit then about your background, like where you're from and, and how you kind of, you know, when did you realize you wanted to be an entrepreneur? So I grew up in a family where my folks were entrepreneurs. Let, let's, let's put it like that. My dad was an engineer, a mechanical engineer, and eventually they started their first company with nothing more than a pickup truck, um, one uh, worker, if you will, and a toolbox of tools. And that company grew uh, to the point where other large companies, such as Hormel or U.S. Gibson or DuPont, Champion Spark Plug, when their engineers could not figure out or design something that they needed, they would contact my dad. And my dad would, would engineer it. And then we had a much larger uh, manufacturing facility as the years went on. And then the, um, the guys uh, that worked for my folks would fabricate it. And, um, you know, most of this stuff was one of a kind. So I grew up in that sort of environment where I was listening to these conversations around the dinner table. And, you know, my job being a kid would be to go to the shop and clean the shop up and learn that you respect everybody in the organization regardless of their position. Uh, and that, that's how I grew up. And so I found as I, you know, moved into young adulthood, as I was working for other people, um, I would constantly think to myself, I, I could do this myself. And here's some ways that I think we could do it better. And it got to the point while I was getting my uh, executive MBA at the University of Iowa, and I wrote a business plan, that business plan that I wrote in the early 1990s became the foundation for the very first company that we started in 1995. So, you know, being that your father had his own business, do you remember though when you first, you know, did you know your dad was an entrepreneur? Is that what he was called back then? Or, or how did they identify entrepreneurs? And when's the first time like you realized like what entrepreneurship is? No, I, I don't think at that time these individuals were considered or called entrepreneurs. Uh, I grew up in a small town in Iowa, an industrial town, and most everybody, except for the very large industrial, you know, manufacturing facilities, were owned, privately owned, right? The 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 insurance company or the grocery store or or whatever the case may be. These were these were owned by other other individuals in the community. And I went to school, you know, with these with these individuals' kids and. And that was just the nature of growing up in a small community, I think. And when I say small, 15,000 people. So I don't believe that I really even understood the word entrepreneur until I was in my late 20s and early 30s getting my graduate degree. You know, the interesting thing is uh, my parents are both dead. And my sister and I, after my mom died several years ago, we bought my parents' company out of my mom's estate because she had been too sick to have made any decisions on what to do with it. So not only am I a part owner of TLC Associates, right, because all of the uh, the rest of the stock is owned by by the management team. Um, my sister and I own my parents' original company, was, which has started in the early 70s. And the interesting thing about that is that we have third generation plumbers, pipe fitters, sheet metal workers, boiler makers uh, that continue to work for the company. And that's pretty unheard of um, in the manufacturing industry. And on top of that, 
we continue, meaning my sister and I continue as we own my parents' company now, the same traditions that my parents did along the way. So um, we need that skill set in the in the manufacturing uh, industry because these are these are skilled tradesmen. And um, but we we do things that our competitors don't do. Uh, we uh, we have profit sharing and bonuses for these individuals, and that is unheard of as it as it pertains to uh, the manufacturing industry. So many of the same lessons that I learned from my parents, we try to instill here at TLC. For example, this year once again, everybody in our company, everybody, even the very newest person hired will receive a bonus. We very much believe, a lot of companies say it, but they don't practice it, but we very much believe that the hard work, the reason for the company's existence is due to the people on the front line, meaning the people handling the customer's phone calls each and every day. When you are a company that's handling tens of millions of transactions with customers a year via voice, Uh, email, chat, whatever the case may be, um, you have to have that sort of relationship with your staff, with your frontline staff, in order to make sure the clients are receiving the the best that we can give as a company, I should say. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Connected CEO with Tom Cardella, where we're connecting you to the greater entrepreneurial community at large. To learn more about Tom, visit theconnectedceo.com and follow him on all of his social media outlets. We'll see you on the next episode.